Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show. I'm Paul Hope, and tonight I'm joined by Gareth Ellis. Hello. And Lee Gowland. Hello. Tonight, we're going to discuss our primetime matchup with our divisional rivals, the LA Rams, on Monday Night Football, or for the rest of us in the 49er Faithful UK group, a 1.15am Tuesday morning game. Nice red-eye game for us, boys. Even for the most optimistic 49ers fan, it's difficult to see how we can beat the LA Rams on Monday night. I do say this based on the matchups, the stats, and the fact that we're coming into this game on the back of two humiliating defeats to a mediocre Colts team and a depleted Cardinals team. For those of you that tuned in to the earlier show this week, you'll have heard us discuss how losing to a divisional rival at home is one thing, but getting beat by said rival's second string is entirely different and was far more embarrassing than any of us had expected. Unfortunately, we are not a good football team right now, and the LA Rams are. We should be coming into this matchup right up in the thick of the NFC West race. Instead, we are sadly at the bottom of the division and very much the underdog, with the Rams' heavy favourites on the road. When I checked earlier, they are currently 4.5 favourites, and against the spread, minus four. I might have got that wrong because I'm not quite sure what that means. And the over-under is set at 49.5. So on that cheery note, gentlemen, is where we do our score predictions. Well, before we get into the score predictions, I would just like to say, you sounded incredibly posh when you started there. (laughs) Are are you trying to interview for a BBC radio role or what? I've (laughs) never been accused. I think your boss might be listening. I've never been accused of being posh, mate. I'm from the same neck of woods as you. Does that sound better? It does, (laughs) hi. It does matter. Your telephone voice at work. Yeah, I think that's it. I knew you might spring the surprise of horse Lee, so I thought I'd better prepare because Gareth did such a good job. And obviously, Nadji, who's not with us tonight as he's working, has obviously raised the bar. So I didn't want to let myself down. I'll let the team do that for me. So I'll tell you what, on, on the predictions, and I think um, I think we'll let Nadji go first because Nadji's not here, but he has given us his prediction. And to be to be honest, he's stolen my thunder with the prediction, but I'm going to give him it because he put it in the group post earlier. Um, so Naji is of the impression that the Rams are going to come out winners, 39-17. That's quite a quite a scoreline that. But he has stolen my thunder. So if you don't mind, I'm going to follow up Naji's um, virtual prediction um, with one of my own because it wasn't far off Naji's prediction. Um, based off the way we played last week, um, I am going to go for a Rams 41-23 win. Ah, interesting. Over to you, Gareth. I will yeah, take I think very, very similar to uh, uh, what I was thinking, really. It's it's really how many points we might get. I, I, I think it might well be something like... I'm going to go for 37 for the Rams. So it is It is my first Niners loss. So I'm, I'm going to try something different. We keep saying Shanahan should, so I'm going to take a lead. And for the first time this season, predict a Niners loss. Yeah, 37-16. Oh, 
I still don't I think we've hit the twenties. I was going to say, I was expecting no one going to go with a 41, 39, 49 as win. No, we're all gone for the Rams. Sorry. Um, uh, like you said, Gareth, I think it's the first time ever on this show. I'm ruling with my head, not my heart, going for a Rams victory on Monday night. I've gone a little under than you guys. I think it's going to be 28 to 17, purely because I listened to what you said the other night, Gareth. I think the Rams are going to ease off towards the end a little bit. I don't think it's going to be close, but I just thought... I've, obviously, we're going to get into it in a minute, aren't we, about Matt Stafford, McFay, where, where we think the game's going to go. I will say, Lee, before we move on, I will still be there at 1.15 on Tuesday morning, expecting us to win, because that's what a fan does. But it is definitely in hope and not expectation as such to contradict myself, but... I was surprised Nadji went for a Rams win, especially as well that you missed out. He thinks Jimmy's going to throw for two picks. Yeah. And Cooper Cup's going to go for 150 yards. Yeah. I think that leads us nicely into, is this where we think the game's going to be won and lost? Do we think Matthew Stafford's going to bounce back after his performance against the Titans? Well, definitely I think the Rams are going to bounce back as a team. Um, obviously, they came off the the wrong end of a beating on um, Monday night, and they're going to want to um, put that right. And the concern I have, and and the surprising thing about this game, to be honest, um, you mentioned Cooper Cup, you've mentioned Matt Stafford on on defense. They've got Aaron Donald, they've got Von Miller. For me, <laughs> the most interesting position on the field on early hours of Tuesday morning next week is going to be who's playing right tackle for us, because. The last few minutes of the game um, last week after McGlinchey came out and Compton came in, he was just destroyed every single snap. It, it was terrible to watch. So I think the biggest question that we've got in the whole of the game is who plays right tackle for the 49ers? How are we going to strengthen that side of the O-line? Because it's been the weaker side. I'm not going to take anything away from McGlinchey because McGlinchey has played better this season. Um, and he, he has been recognised for that player as well. Brunskill's been poor at right guard. When Compton came in, just the whole right-hand side looked as though it, it was like a wet paper bag. There was just no strength there whatsoever. So for me, that, that's going to be the big question. Who, who do you think is going to play a right tackle, Gareth? Or who do, who do you think we need to get to come and play a right tackle? Well... Obviously, we had uh, the rookie Jalen Moore came in at, at left tackle and wasn't a, a perfect game, but he stood up reasonably well, given that that's the, the more important side. Um, and it's another one of Shanahan's slightly odd, contradictory um, responses when he was asked, why on earth did you put Compton in when, when Jalen Moore did OK at left tackle? And he sort of said, oh, well, he hasn't had a lot of time at, at right tackle because we, we've put him in at left. So that beggars the question. First of all, he played right tackle at college. And the second thing is, he's supposed to be the swing tackle. He's supposed to step in for either one that's needed. Why haven't you prepared him to play on the right-hand side? It, it's another nonsense answer, which just leaves you scratching your head. Hopefully, we'll see in the practices this week who's who's going to be taking the first team reps and, and how they're going to line up. But I think uh, whoever it is, the Rams uh, are going to feel like they owe us since we've beat them, uh, I think, four times now on the on the spin, including twice last year 
which must have been quite embarrassing for them, given the teams we were fielding at the time. Uh, they've got Von Miller. They're going to want to flush away the uh, uh, game against the Titans. Um, and they know we're wounded. No one's scared about coming to Levi's. Uh, I think it's going to start with their defensive front and they are going to be hungry and and up for it. Um, and unfortunately, I, I don't have a lot of confidence that our guys are going to be up for it in the same way. Uh, and I can see it being a very long day of of running around and picking himself up the floor for, for Jimmy G. What do you think, Paul? No, I, I think we, we captured the mood of the group in the, the show the other night and it's difficult isn't it you, to pick yourself up at the moment and get yourself excited about this team you know the same questions you're being asked is there any leadership Steve Young did an interview yesterday and he was saying who's accountable in the locker room Who who's basically calling each other out we said it towards the end of the last show Gareth on Monday night the bar's that low now I just want us to be competitive do not want to see your performance like we did against the Cardinals, no matter who's playing. We said it about the draft class. Yeah. Aaron Banks, is he is he going to suit up? There, we don't know who's playing right tackle. Yeah. Lee said it in the last show. McGlinchey, a lot of people were calling him, but this could be the game where we see how valuable he's been to the team. Um, I mean, like Nadji has said, I know we're going to get into it, Jimmy, in, in a moment. Teams know to stop us, you stop the run. This year, the Rams have got Matthew Stafford. We're not facing Jared Goff. As much as I'd love Jimmy G to make it five in a row, Gareth, like you said, keep up that winning record on Tuesday morning. Going to be a different kettle of fish. McVeigh has got his team playing well. You missed a name off your list, Lee. Ramsey, having an excellent season this year. They're going to dare Jimmy to throw the ball. I mean, I was surprised that the Rams struggled against the Titans. I suppose that's the NFL for you, isn't it? And when I was preparing for the show, I was watching that the Rams this year have moved away from the play action that McVeigh used to do. And they've gone to a lot more empty sets. Turns out that they've done it more than any other team in the NFL. You look at the stats of, of where they are, yeah, they just seem to score points. They're right up there, third in the NFL, and explosive passing players, which, let's face it, our secondary at the moment isn't great at stopping the explosive play. Help us out with your league, because I'm normally known as the most positive in the group, but uh, I'm struggling tonight, if I'm being brutally honest with you. No, I, think, I don't think you're struggling. I think you're just facing reality, which is what we all do. Um, and back to the question about right right tackle. It, it that, That's the thing that I've been thinking about all week. Who can possibly play right tackle? To be honest, there's only one name that springs to mind that has experience of taking a pounding from large men from LA and that's Tracy Lord but I don't think we can get her on the team in time for next Tuesday but yeah um, it's it's going to be difficult I think we all all have had a dose of reality we've all realigned our expectations there's definitely something not right and the funny thing is looking looking at some of the um, reports that have come out this week some of the uh, podcasts that are there this week they've all kind of hit on the same thing we did last week I'm not saying we were the first to do this. I think it's just the fact that we're all seeing exactly the same thing, which, to be honest, feels feels as though we've been vindicated that we are actually, we do know what we're talking about here. 
and we picked it out on the podcast on Monday night and we said there's a lack of leadership on the team. In the years, it's so obvious there's a lack of leadership on the team. Talent-wise, we're not that far away from 2019. Uh, and I think it was um, either Steve Young or Jerry Rice said that. Talent-wise, we're not that far away. It's just that we're missing the leaders. We're missing the core leadership on the team while they're on the field. And I mentioned it on Monday night, I think Shanahan's not a leader. I don't think he is. He, he hasn't proven to me yet that he's a leader. I'll, I'll go into it again. I don't think he's particularly a good head coach. He, he hasn't shown me he's a good head coach. 2019 was more about leadership on the field. It was more about the gelling of the team. And it, it does concern me that if we suddenly turn things around, who's turned it around? Have, have the players stepped up? Has Shanahan stepped up? Have the both stepped up? We don't know. We don't know. And we could be going on for a few more years now and it's going to be mediocre player or it's going to waste the talent we have on the team. So going into Tuesday's game, well, one of the other questions I have is, is this potentially Jimmy's last game? Because it has to be asked. If we lose and go down to uh, have six losses, then we've only got one game to spare. And rather than let Jimmy throw that game away, stick trail Lance in. Just stick him in and let him go. Because after the Rams game, we've got a fairly decent run of teams where we can win and we can change this round. And it's all about momentum. It's all about how we finish, not how we start. We, we could do something, but we need, we need leadership on the team. Josh Norman's not leader. Definitely not. He opens his mouth too much. The pass interference calls. You shouldn't be doing that. You, you need to lead by example. Fred Warner should be stepping up. Definitely. I, I think Hufanga could actually be a good leader, given the time. But he needs to grow into it. He's only just started his very first game. So he needs to grow into that. You, you look on the defensive line and potentially Eric Armstead, he should be stepping up. He, he's one of the team captains. He should be stepping up and he should be leading. He should be vocal. So I think that's what we need. We need leaders on defence, definitely. On offence, you've got George Kittle... I would say Trent Williams, but you never, ever see him leading the team. You know, the way Joe Staley did. Mm. You don't see that. I don't particularly think Jimmy Garoppolo is a leader, although the, the players do respect him. But again, I don't particularly think he's got that leadership ability, um, the, the ability to motivate everybody around him. I'm not, I'm not talking about the player winning games by himself. I'm just talking about motivating players. I don't think he's that type of player. So again, you look at uh, the offense and you think, Where, where's our leaders? It's George Kittle, maybe it's Trent Williams, Alex Mack. He should be leading. He's, he's a veteran. He's a veteran of God knows how many years, 16, 17 years. He should be leading. He should be vocal. And we're missing that. So, I mean, judging by my prediction, you can tell where I'm going with this. I, th I think we're going to get absolutely pounded on Tuesday morning could be wrong this is the very first podcast where we've all turned around and um agreed that we're gonna lose so that's interesting for a start that's never happened on this show before in in the last four years since we we had our reboot um the three seasons prior to that or the three years of podcasts prior to that before the gap i don't think anybody um all predicted a 49ers loss so it speaks volumes of the way we all thinking about 
what's happened over the last few weeks the way we've seen them play the way we've seen them coached the whole feeling it's 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 like one of tom brady's deflated balls we we just all ugh, and kind of fed up and and that's that's really bad because we've only just got to the halfway season uh, halfway point of the season and we're all fed up we are so underwhelmed with what we've done because we know we have the talent there we're just not performing as a team and something needs to click in place and Ali Ali Reid um, he put a post in the group about well if, if we get this game against the Rams out of the way and it's more than likely going to be a loss then we've got this stretch of easy games do you think we could potentially turn this round and scrape into the playoffs and to be honest I do I do think we can do that because as I said we do have the quality but we have to have things go our way as well. It's so it's not just about the quality. Um, with any luck, with any luck, Kyle <laughs> reads some of these articles, and something clicks and thinks, you know what? They're right. Nobody's leading, and actually points, picks somebody out, puts them on the spot, and says, "Look, you need to lead this team. You need to lead the defense when you're on that field. You need to be vocal. You need to get people organized on there. We need to get people fighting." Yes, it is his job to do that, but while they're on the field, it helps to have leaders on the field as well. And I feel as I've talked for a long time now, so I'm going to pass off to Gareth. <laughs> you, you have. Um, yeah, something you mentioned there, I think, about Jimmy, really. Um, quarterbacks, they are the de facto leaders of the team. And you know, people, people know, certainly from the offensive side, it's their team. And that might have been true once, but this season it's not Jimmy's team because he's just a caretaker. He's just a stopgap to give Trey Lance some time. And I think that's that's potentially undermined maybe the leadership that he used to have. Um, and obviously that's something that that may reduce his, his credibility in terms of fighting for the team, fighting for the badge, for the franchise, that sort of thing. That's going to ring hollow when everyone knows he's, he's going to be out of the door. Uh, I I think this game will will probably be uh, uh, Jimmy starting. Obviously, I still think Shanahan's just going to stick with him until we maybe get to eight or nine losses, and it's the end of the season, and it finally sinks in. But I I, I think the shakeup that's needed is to start uh, Trey Lance, start him against the Jags. No disrespect to them, but they are in the bottom tier of, of NFL teams. And that's that's what you're going to want to do to start. Maybe it's your second start, but begin that process because it seems clear to me that Trey can't make it his team. Trey, Trey is standing back and saying to everybody, hey, I'm QB2, this isn't my team. And I think that's something that could galvanise the team, that not only Trey Lance can come in and say, right, this is my team now. Some of you guys are going to be here for for the next few years with me. This is going to be my team, and that those players galvanise uh, themselves around that that new figurehead. Um, I'm not. I think the season's pretty much gone. I know we do have that uh, mathematical possibility, but I, I can't see us winning through to the rest of the season. And, and even if we did, we're we're not a playoff calibre team. Unless something fundamentally changes, we are the team that you get every year that is there to make up the playoff fixtures and they're one and done and they're gone because they're not a playoff caliber team. We are uh, miles behind Green Bay, the Rams, uh, uh, Tampa Bay, 
the Titans, looking at the AFC teams, we're we're not close to to the level of execution uh, and solidity that those teams have. All I really want from from the game on Tuesday morning is for us to potentially lose with some dignity. Um, it's it's got that far that I, I really don't think we we're going to win. But I just want to see some something in the team, something that is saying that they're not acceptable, something that says they are are going to continue to fight this season. Uh, and it's something that we haven't. We haven't seen. We saw perhaps a, a flash of it against uh, the Bears, but but things went in our in our favour. I'm not sure that we're going to be able to find that in ourselves. It's difficult to see who's going to step up and do that. Um, and I think the the change is needed. And the obvious one is at quarterback. Um, someone put in the group: if if Jimmy gets injured now, we could be on the hook for his contract next year. If he does an ACL again or has a, has a serious injury, his trade value is going to drop further, uh, and and we could be carrying his salary cap, however that works with the sort of injury guarantees and what have you, um, into the new season. I think if Jimmy can have another serviceable game, he would have put three serviceable games together, which is, you know, let's face it, that's quite good for Jimmy. Um, let's mothball him. Let's put Trey Lance in um, and make sure that we may be able to get something for Jimmy. Um, because I think the team needs some serious restocking uh, in a lot of positions, and we're not going to have the draft picks to do it. So I think this is this is a game we've just got to get through, uh, see where we are, um, hopefully see if we can we can actually see some of the rookies. Hopefully we're going to try and run. I'd like I'd like to see Trey Sermon again. I, you know, God knows what's what's happening there. Um, we got Jeff Wilson back. Let's try and use this game as a stepping stone, even if we lose, to just try and carve out some some identity and show that there's there's people there fighting for the team. Um, and if we're going to go down, we're going to go down fighting rather than the way we've lost to the Cardinals and the way we've lost to the Colts. Um, which is just sort of waving a bit of a flag and and sinking slowly without a trace. Come on, Paul, cheer me up um, and tell tell me how good Jimmy is. So, uh, <laughs> well, uh, well you, I was going to say, Gareth, you've led me nicely in there. I mean, you mean the highest graded starting quarterback in the NFL over the last two weeks? That yeah, Jimmy that's, G. That's yeah, that's one. You know, I'm I'm sat here chuckling, Lee, because Nadji will be throwing things at whatever he downloads his podcast off at the moment. No, you've you've hit the nail on the head there, Gareth. I'd seen that about in the group if Jimmy's injured, and I hadn't realised that. On a side note, Lee, I would like to say I think the community spirit within the group has been really good, despite us being really bad on the pitch. I think the key element I'm picking up is the frustration. You know, four winning seasons since 2003. So four winning seasons in 19 years, three of them come under Jim Harbaugh. That's why Shanahan, like you said, is under the pressure. You have been very vocal in your support of Shanahan, Lee. You said it in the last podcast show. The injuries that we've had the last few years was well documented. But it's weird that we're sat here, and again, we're halfway through the season, and we're talking about what's our identity, who's the leaders in the team. Jimmy, I, th- I hope he's going to have a good game like you, Gareth. My expectation for Monday night is I want to see another game like the 2017 Monday Night Football when it was an absolute thriller, 41 to 39. And I always chuckle at this game, Lee, because this is one of my first games in the group and I nearly missed the game, but you texted me and said, you've got the time yeah. wrong on your, your alarm clock, mate. 
And then when Brian Hoyer threw that pick six in the first 30 mm-hmm. seconds of the game, I thought, might as well go to bed. Like you said, Gareth, Tuesday morning, one fifteen in the morning, the UK. We'll all be up. We'll be all on the game day thread. But we just want to see mistake-free football. How many times have we come on this show and said, we don't want any turnovers. We don't want any stupid penalties. Mistake-free football is going to be the key. But like you said, Lee, I think we've all been a bit more realistic this week because sometimes it feels as if us four come on, we do the podcast, we don't know how many people are listening. And the feedback over the last couple of weeks has been really good. People say, oh, you guys, the bravado, you always call the 49ers win. And it is a bit tongue-in-cheek sometimes. We're all fans of the 49ers. We come on, we talk football. But like you said, Lee, it is nice to see that what we're saying has been echoed on all the other podcasts over the pond. And you think none of us are experts. We've all got full-time jobs, you know, families. We all catch as much as we can. But I don't know, Gareth. I'm really struggling to see the positives. You look at the Rams team. I mean, Matthew Stafford struggled last week, but he's been exactly what the Rams thought he was going to be. And to be fair, from what I've seen, McVeigh has turned the, turned it over to him. He's allowing him to off-spec. Like I said at the start, they're playing with a lot of empty backfields. So they're not even hiding what they're going to do. I am excited to see Debo go up against Cooper Cup. I think it's the first time in a long time you've seen two proper wide receivers going together. Hopefully, Jimmy will find him. Ayuk, possibly another breakout game for him. We've got Kittle back. Come on, Lee. This is your point where you jump in and you back me up, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that this week, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm just struggling to see how we can um, how we can cope with their defensive line. Their, well, their defence as a whole. Um, mm. As I've said, right, right tackle is going to be just so crucial. If it's Compton, we may as well just throw in the towel now. Um, so, somebody mentioned um, activate Sean Coleman. Sean Coleman's been on the 49ers for four seasons and he's been on IR for four seasons. A little bit like Jalen Hurd. Mm. We're never ever going to see him. And it's, it's starting to get to the point where you're just sick of hearing it. Um, I've, I've just checked Twitter there and Drake Greenlaw's practice window has been pushed back another week. So he's not going to be available. Um, potentially next weekend he'll be back. Jimmy Ward isn't practicing at the moment but potentially he might practice on Friday, which is huge news because Jimmy Ward has been excellent against the Rams for the past two seasons. He's had Cooper Cup in his pocket. So if we can get Jimmy Ward back, I think that's a big, big boost for us trying to limit the amount of points that the Rams are going to get. But let's face it, I think Tuesday is going to be the game where Sean McVeigh comes out of um, Shalananahan's pocket. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, like we were saying, Gareth, I'd like to see Lenar start, put the yeah. rookie in, put him in. What better game, like you said, the expectation of the fan base with, with thinking we've lost this game. Let him ball out. Hafanga has looked brilliant last couple of weeks. Ugh, I mean, is any update on Josh Norman, Lee? I think he was, is it? Well, he's got broken, broken ribs. ribs. And if he didn't have broken ribs, I think somebody should break his ribs for him. <laughs> or, or break his jaw so he couldn't uh, make his mouth go. Um, so he's been limited in practice today. Um, so has George Kittle, Debo, let me just check, Elijah Mitchell, ribs, Debo, calf, Mosley, neck, Norman, ribs, um, not practising. Jimmy Ward, 
Jermichael Hastie, Mohamed Sanu, Tavon Wilson, Drake Kirkpatrick and Maurice Hurst. And Maurice Hurst has already been ruled out anyway, so that, that's no surprise. So, yeah, I mean, we, we beat up quite a bit. Um, now, it doesn't mention George Kittle on there, but limited George Kittle. That's come from Matt uh, Mayoko, whereas David Lombardi doesn't have um, George Kittle as limited on there. So, a little bit um, conflicting reports coming through. But, yeah... Um, <sighs> I'm I'm going to stop up. I'm going to watch it all. Yeah, I'm I'm fully up. expecting a beating, but I am going into it hoping we can win and believing that somehow we can turn this round and win. Because you got to, you got to. Otherwise, what, what's the point in staying up? Yeah, I like I like that attitude. That's what we said at the start. Like we're all going to be there. You know, I took the day off work on Tuesday. I was talking to a fellow 49er on Twitter and he was like, why are you taking the day off? Are you mad? I was like, well, that's what you do. The fixtures come out, you pick your games, you stay up. Um, it's just, I mean, for me, Nick Bosa, Armstead, Warner, if we've got any chance late, they've got to dominate their matchups. I mean, the Rams have been a powerhouse this season on offence, but the chinks in the armour, the Titans, the Cardinals have beat them. So you come into it. We need to get the pressure on on Stafford. But my fear, Gareth, is if they come in like what Green Bay did, where Rogers got the ball out really quickly. I think Stafford's gonna, you know, it's if you utilise Bosa and Armstead in that way, and you're putting it on our secondary. I agree with Lou. Unfortunately, I think McVeigh's gonna have his victory over Shanahan. So yeah, huge the, underdogs. The 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 problem is at the moment our pass rush threat is Nick Bosa um, and our our kind of threat behind that is Fred Warner and when you've only got that it's very easy for a creative offensive coordinator to scheme around that you you can you can put two guys on on Bosa or you can misdirect or you can simply go to the other side uh, and all Stafford's got to do is uh, look down the field clock where number 54 is uh, and avoid him um, and that's why I think we, we've seen Bosa and Warner be less effective because where, when they are the standout guys, uh, it's, it's easier for somebody creative to just say, OK, I just don't go there. Uh, don't send it Fred Warner's way. We're, we're not going to give him chance to make a play, force a fumble, uh, tip a pass, that sort of thing. Um, and unfortunately, because the rest is so soft, there's, there's plenty of pickings elsewhere. Um, if, you, if you end up with a more limited scheme, based around avoiding where our threats are. Um, it's it's the defensive front. I've said it before. It's, it, it's so disappointing compared to what we were uh, presented with. The, the, other than both of these guys aren't, aren't just getting there. You know, Ebercam's got one sack or something. I think we've, we've got two guys there, Contavious Street and Kevin Givens, who've been around for a while. Late round picks, we've been developing. They're, they're good rotational players. But, they need to chip in. Uh, you know, we're not talking about them getting 10, 15 sacks a season, but they need to get three sacks a season or some tackles for loss. Um, and you just don't hear these guys' names mentioned. I mean, they are doing some run-stopping, run but we we need people to, to step up. And I, I just have this bad feeling that Stafford is going to have all the time in the world to just pick apart our defence. Um, and on the other side of it, Jimmy's just going to spend most of the game picking himself up off the floor. Um, and, and maybe that that's how you can eliminate Debo, Ayuk uh, and Kittle all in one go. 
you knock Jimmy to the floor, <laughs> um, and and that's that's going to be our, uh, potentially our weakness. Uh, as I said, I just I just want to see us not not get humiliated. I want to see some spark we can take through to to the rest of the season. Hopefully, avoid some more injuries, um, and just just see where they are when once this game is is out of the way. Because at the moment we we shouldn't be competitive against the Rams if we continue playing the way uh, we are. Um, so. Uh, Sorry about that. I haven't got a lot of hope for for Tuesday morning. Um, but there we go. I'm I'm changing my my tack. Hopefully, I'll be as wrong as I've been on most of the other predictions. We always live in hope, mate. That that Tom got us fine, Highness. <laughs> no, I, I, it's getting a little I mean, thin. It's, it is. It's getting a little thin. Yeah, it's like you said that it, it's the frustration, isn't it? We we you prepare for this. I think Lee. You hit the nail there when the first time in years you've, you've come on this pod and you're gushing over the other team. I mean, you look at the stats, Stafford is actually tied for eighth in the NFL for his average time to throw. He's actually been more of a check down quarterback than you might think, but he's got that big arm. And we've seen the highlight players this season. Cooper Cup is his goal. We've seen it before. Rodgers comes into Levi's, goes for Adams. Wilson comes in, goes for Lockett. We know where the ball's gone on Sunday night. Um, I just will be there though Tuesday morning, one fifteen a.m. Everyone, get your uh, <laughs> coffee and your caffeine stocked up. Yeah, I think it's going to take more than caffeine. Like, <laughs> yeah, might be too early for the fireballs, mate. We'll save them for Bristol. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that brings us on to Bristol. So let, let's talk about Bristol. Yeah, um, Bristol's only a fortnight away. Fortnight away? Yeah, it's only fortnight away. Um, so far, we have 26 confirmed as going, five maybes. I definitely know there's a 27th going, <laughs> but it's very rare that he comes on Facebook, so he, he hasn't actually uh, gone on and ticked the going button. So we've got a decent amount there. Um, I think I said on the previous pod, I've reached out to the 49er organisation, try to get some gifts sent over that we can either give away or raffle off for MNDA. Um, and that'll follow us on nicely to the jersey post that I've just put on there. Um, yeah, so if, if you're going to go to Bristol, make sure you go into the event page and click going. Don't just post in there. Um, it's just so that we have exact numbers. Um, I'm intending to get into Bristol for about midday. Um, I'm actually going down to Beers and Stoke on the Saturday just to cut the journey in two um, and then get over early morning on Sunday morning. Um, so we will coordinate on the day and try and get everybody around the same pubs and um, we can make our way up to All Stars and join the UK Vikings group for what should be a fairly even game looking at the records of both the teams so at least that one looks as though it might be an exciting game um, we might not be playing for anything but it might be an exciting game and it's about making the most of it meet up with fellow 49 fans and watch a game together so onto the post that I've just put up into the group page. Um, anybody that has been in the group page and you will have done by the time you get to listen to this podcast, um, we were we had the opportunity, we were given the opportunity to raffle off a jersey. Um, it's a Fred Warner 75th anniversary patch journey jersey. It's a game day jersey, so it's the iron on numbers and name on the back. I think the retail value in the UK would be something like £90. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to raffle that off to MNDA, which is 
the UK equivalent of the ALS Foundation. Um, obviously, Dwight Clark, that's what Dwight Clark died of, ALS. Um, it's also in honour of Rob Burrows from Leeds Rhinos and also Sunderland and Derby centre-half um, Rob Hindmarsh. Rob Hindmarsh, I might have gotten that name wrong, you know. I'll just check. Anyway, it's on the post. And so is the link. So is the link to just given page. So what you need to do is go on there. Um, minimum of a £5 donation. Um, it's only one entry per person, so that everybody has exactly the same chance as everybody else. Um, trying to keep away from the fact that somebody who might have a lot of money is going to enter 10 times. We don't want that. We want everybody to have an equal chance. So go on there, make a donation, and please don't select anonymous. Your name has to be there. If your name isn't there, we can't enter you in the draw unless you send some sort of proof that you've, you've made that donation. So go on there and we'll we'll raise some money for a worthwhile cause. Um, the draw is going to take place on the 5th of December. The reason it's the 5th of December is because I wanted to get over that month-end period um, and then people who get paid monthly at the back of the month, at least they've got a chance to, to get paid and make a donation if they want to, which would get them one entry into the draw. Um, the shipping will be down to the winner. It's it's their cost. We, we are not going to pay for the shipping. We're just giving away this jersey. So depending on where you are will depend on how much it is. Um, obviously, if you're based in the States and you're a member of the group and you want to enter, by all means enter, but it's going to cost you a fortune to have it shipped across there. And with it only being a game day jersey, maybe that's not financially viable to do that. So just think about that when you uh, actually put an entry in. Um, same with the likes of the guys up in Denmark, Germany, Norway, Sweden, Finland. Um, where else have we got? We've got Spain in there, France. We've got members all over the place. Just bear in mind shipping. Obviously going to Europe or the European countries isn't as expensive as shipping to the UK. So it is probably worthwhile you uh, donating the £5 and having the entry. Um, but yeah, I mean... I'm not going to make the same mistake I made at the Super Bowl meetup two years ago and put myself in this draw. Um, that was embarrassing enough, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to run the draw. Um, so I'll say good luck to anybody that uh, is taking part in that. Um, I think that's both the meetup and the jerseys covered, Paul. It is. No thanks for, for starting that, Lee, and, and mention it. The one final thing I'd say about the meetup is if people are unsure of how they're getting there, the event page Lee's created is very good if you want to drop on, if you need a lift or the different people coming from all over. I think the last meetup, Gareth, you jumped in with, with Jay, didn't you, like last minute. So it is always worth checking the Facebook page. But, yep, cheers for the uh, jersey. So that leads me nicely on to the end. Ready for Tuesday night, Tuesday morning even. Thanks once again to everyone that listens to the show. Please remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And also check out the YouTube channel by searching for the 49er Faithful UK. Until next time, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget.